I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. Now you have plucked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. Then I recorded all the noises while we spoke. My name is Adam Buxton. I'm a man. I want you to enjoy this. That's the plan. Hey, how you doing, podcats? Adam Buxton here. Reporting to you from a farm track in the east of England. Towards the middle of October 2020. It's a nice day today. Well, it's nice just at this moment. It's been raining all morning and the forecast for the foreseeable future is... Let me just check. Maybe it's changed. But the last time I looked at it, it was looking bad. Forecast for this week. Oh yeah, it's still bad. Monday rain, Tuesday rain, Wednesday rain, Thursday rain, Friday rain, Saturday rain, Sunday rain, Monday a little bit of some Tuesday rain but anyway right now sun is out it's cold I'm not gonna lie it is cold got me puffer puffer jacket on bitey wind check big dramatic clouds check should have bought my gloves check but I'm not complaining it's nice the sun is on my face myself and my dog friend Rosie are enjoying the solitude we don't have to worry about how to handle it when someone you haven't seen for a while comes up and gives you a hug because they think you'll like the hug and I do like the hug but at the same time there is a pandemic and I just don't think it's appropriate and I hope you don't take it personally but it's too late for that now because possibly both of us have got coronavirus we don't have to worry about any of that out here isn't that right Rose? I don't know, I'm a dog anyway, let me tell you a bit about podcast number 134 which features a rambling conversation with Jason Williamson and Andrew Fern from the English electronic punk music duo Sleaford Mods. Though I imagine most of you listening to this are already familiar with the band, here's a few introductory Sleaford Mod facts for the open-minded podcasts, or tomps, as no one calls them, who are checking out this episode despite not really knowing what to expect. Welcome, Tomps. Yeah, don't know about that one. Sleaford Mod Facts. Andrew and Jason started performing together as Sleaford Mods in Nottingham around 2007, with Andrew responsible for putting together backing tracks featuring sparse and often deliberately basic beats, bass, guitar and keyboard parts. In live shows, Andrew fires these tracks off from his laptop, then stands back, sometimes with pint in hand, nodding along to the beat while Jason delivers vocal accompaniment that sometimes sounds like angry and bitterly funny performance poetry slash rap in the tradition of John Cooper Clarke, and at other times features elements that are strangely soulful, even melodic. I describe them as the Pet Shop Boys on cheap speed. What do you think of that, Rose? I'm like a music journalist. Really good. Thank you. Oh, windy. I'd heard a few bits and pieces of Sleaford Mods in the early 2010s, but it wasn't until I saw them performing their track Job Seeker on British music TV show Later with Jules that I got more excited. Here's a clip of that performance. I'm gonna break my mind, I said, well, job seeker. Can a strong on the mess? 
By the end of 2015, Sleaford Mods were getting used to being the toast of the British music press, who celebrated their embittered explorations of austerity-era Britain, culture and working-class life, while Iggy Pop on his BBC Six Music radio show, described them as definitely the world's greatest rock and roll band. That's what Iggy Pop sounds like. I watched a great documentary about the band called Bunch of Kunst. Kunst or Kunst being the German word for art, which features great footage of uh, some of their early performances along with some of the shows that helped them break through to a wider audience, juxtaposed with behind-the-scenes footage of Jason and Andrew adjusting to their higher profile and other people's expectations of what they do and what they stand for. You can watch the documentary in full on YouTube. There's a link in the description of this podcast, along with links to that performance on Later with Jules and a few music videos and interviews that I particularly liked. My conversation with Jason and Andrew took place in April 2019, shortly after the release of their 10th studio album, Eaton Alive, as in the school, Eaton. So, it being pre-COVID times, we were in the same room together, without protective gear. In this case, we were in the King's Cross comedy venue, Two North Down, very grateful to the folks at Two North Down for their help back then. I hope they're doing okay. Oh, it's suddenly gotten non-clement. Wind and rain. Anyway, I talked with uh, Andrew and Jason about selling out, class, musical influences, the stories behind a few of their lyrics and Jason's love-hate relationship with social media. Jason and Andrew also performed a couple of tracks for me. Stick in a five and go, a kind of twisted Twitter revenge fantasy, and Discourse from the Eaton Alive album. Now, unfortunately, on the day I had a bit of a technical meltdown when I was recording the performance, and the mic that Jason was using uh, didn't record. But... I did have my uh, backup recorder running, so I was able to use that. And I think, all things considered, it sounds pretty good. I'm very grateful to Andrew from the band who helped me in the process of getting the recording sound as good as possible. Cheers, Andrew. Right, look, that was a long intro. Let's get going with Sleaford Mods. Here we go. We're sat in a venue called Two North Down in King's Cross. It's a very small comedy club, and I've done a few warm-up shows here. Do you ever get to play these sizes of venues anymore? I mean, no, no. not really. We've had a couple of smallish ones on the tour. Kendall was like uh, Kendall was small, a little right? step. Do you miss these sort of shows, or are you happier um, to be in bigger venues now? 
I think it depends all on the audience. If they're kind of active or just, you know, connected to it in a physical way, it's better. But if it's just static... I mean, to, I'm, I'm lost in a world of remembering the words, but Andrew can see he gets more annoyed by... <laughs> it just, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, if people are just stood there... I mean, I know they're paid and stuff, and they can do what they fucking want, but it, sometimes it can be a bit, well, aren't you going to move? Type yeah, some, yeah, sometimes move a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you playing a load of shows at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Right. tons, yeah. There's quite a few good interviews with, like, European journalists with you guys. Yeah. And um, a lot of the time they tend to ask quite fruity questions, you know what okay. I mean? Like, sometimes they just go in there, so, so what do you think about, like, some guys think you have totally fucking sold out? And they'll, they'll just go for that. Like, you don't play for any working class audiences anymore. All your audiences are middle class. How is, what do you think about that? <laughs> do you ever get irritated by those sorts of questions? I mean, you seem very reasonable when you're doing interviews. Um, no, I don't. It's always a bit of like a language interpretation barrier in a way. If you've chatted with them before and you kind of get where they're coming from. So yeah. they're not really being aggressive or anything. You know? Right, right. Yeah, they clearly yeah. like your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were talking to a guy called, uh, I think, Patrick Wagner, maybe, right. of a band, a German band called Gewalt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about getting more successful. You said, I want to get as big as I can, but I don't want to be a fucking wanker. Yeah. As far as getting more successful. And I was thinking, like, that's hard, though. Who, which yeah. musicians have pulled that off that you can think of that have become really successful but haven't become total assholes? Well, I don't know, some of the old school, probably. McCartney, people like that. I don't know, really. I mean, I don't think I'm a wanker. I'm sure Andrew doesn't. But I bet somebody who came to see us four years ago in wherever probably now thinks we're wankers. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all down to other people's perceptions, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, the sellout bar is different for everybody in yeah. the way you consider selling it up. It's, it's like Johnny Rotten doing a butter advert. You know, if he did that at the beginning of his career, it would be awful. Yeah. But when he's really old, it's kind of fine, you know what I mean? Go for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So it depends when you do these things, I think. I yeah. think so. I think a lot There's of the some time... some taste to it. Yeah, it's self-financing, isn't it, as well, you know? Yeah. It's like Iggy Pop's saying that credit card thing or whatever. That's yeah. right, it's with like, the rubbery pop doll. That was a weird one as mm, well. Just, you need the dough, don't you, I guess? Yeah, I always feel like that. But people, um, especially online, obviously, yeah. in the YouTube comments section. Oh, God. It doesn't take much <laughs> to um, draw an accusation of selling out. As far as a lot of those fans are concerned, and I imagine most of them are like 13-year-old boys, you know. <laughs> they, like, they've just learned about the concept of selling out. And now they can't wait to accuse someone of selling out. You know what I mean? You fucking sell out. <laughs> and as far as they're concerned, I think if you do anything that is in any way commercial or if you don't just stay exactly as you were when you started out, mm. then you sold out. They just resent the idea that you would develop yeah. in any way. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. you're no longer the thing that they liked. Why aren't you the same? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Got accused of selling out by some guy on Facebook because we were playing the Theatre Royal in Nottingham mm-hmm. and not Rock City. He worked at the local sorting office and i got a mate who works there as well and he, was, he kept taking pictures of him <laughs> through the sorting office and going, look at the cunt today! <laughs> look at the cunt! Look at what he's wearing! <laughs> this is the guy that was accusing you of selling Yeah, out. yeah. 
Oh man, there's a funny video though. Speaking of Johnny Rotten, um, <laughs> in fact, it, t it popped up in the sidebar when I was watching the video of you talking to the German guy from Gewalt. All right. Like all these old punk guys getting together this year, I think. Oh, I heard about some, that. And it was Johnny Rotten and Marky Ramone. Yeah. And, and he kicked uh, off, didn't he? Yeah. But Johnny Rotten was just absolutely hammered and just talking total bullshit. <laughs> like it was impossible to pin down where he was coming from. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Great. <laughs> and Marky Ramone started talking about how, you know, when the Ramones started playing, it was so exciting. We were just saying whatever we wanted and there was no rules. And then Johnny Rotten starts going, what? The thick mats, what? And starts making noise and going, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. Because the thing about punk is that it's supposed to be about saying fuck off and and you you do you don't do what people want. You do what makes you feel good, don't you? And that's what it's all about. And that's so everyone's sort of going, wait, what's your what's what's your point? Are you disagreeing with him or yeah. are you it was very confusing yeah, yeah. and you can see Henry Rollins at the end going oh dear why am I sat with this rock <laughs> I'll bet I'll bet so you don't want to end up like that no no <laughs> with the kind of music that you do and the things you talk about and the lyrics and everything people are immediately going to say well you don't come from that world anymore you've transitioned how yeah. can you still be singing about that world and that's that's for me tied in with this idea of cultural appropriation which is so prevalent now that people have a narrower and narrower idea about what you have the right to sing about and to to talk about and to deal with in your art whatever yeah, it is you know yeah, I mean? how yeah. do you feel about all that stuff yeah i mean i've recently accused various acts of appropriating sort of class culture so really i can't really say anything about i'm probably just as bad but if anybody ever asks us that question, it's like, well, you can arseholes. I've done my innings. And, I'm, you know, someone online accused us of not being able to do Job Seeker anymore, one of the old, earliest tunes, mm. because uh, we're obviously... No longer Job Seekers. No longer Job Seekers. Everybody in the audience isn't a Job Seeker, and they like it because they, yeah. they remember a, a time in their life where they were unemployed. So that, that's why everybody loves that song, not because they were unemployed. Yeah, sure. They were at some yeah. Point, you know. And so, I, you know, I sort of said, "Well, we got a right to do it because we've spent is that a long song time, anyway. Is that a song. We've spent a long time languishing in that atmosphere environment, and, and everyone wants us to play it as well. That's the other thing. It's why it's still in the encore. You can't not play it. You can't not play it. You, know? <laughs> you just can't. Get it. It's yeah. like one of the old ones. It's like, Every band has its classic tracks that it has to keep playing. You know. What if you're an audience member and you never were a job seeker? Does that mean that you have no right to listen to it, yeah, to enjoy exactly, it? Yeah. Does that mean that you have no right to engage with know, another yeah, person's yeah, yeah. life or perspective yeah. or memories? Yeah. It's just a really odd way of looking at things, I think. Yeah, it is, definitely. When people started talking about Sleaford Mods as being like the voice of blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, that was a bit odd. You must have... That thought. was a whole tour of interviews that year, I think it was 2014, maybe, Yeah. where it, it was, we had to keep knocking that down, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, that must be a total nightmare as an artist once you start being told you're, you're this or you're that. Yeah, it's difficult. Press loved all that shit in 2013, all the class thing, 
you know, with the whole sort of coalition coming in and austerity and, you know, stuff like demonisation of the working class, Owen Jones's book and everything else and all, you know. And we were just moaning, weren't we, really? It's, that's all it was. It was like, fuck this. And I, and I did connect with it because it was, in a, in a sense, class conscious. It was gaining that consciousness about it, whereas before I'd never had that, and I didn't think about it in those terms. But when that was presented to us, I started to think about that and think, well, yeah, they've got a point. So I started looking into it. To a certain degree, we took it by the hand, or rather I did, you know, vocally in interviews. But, yeah, after a while, it did our heads in. It was like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know. Because it was, it was presented to us through questions in such a crap way as well. Because it's just observation. It's not, I wouldn't say it's class politics. We haven't got a manifesto. We're not left. We're certainly not right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's weird with the class thing because the middle classes obviously get a load of stick. Because, because why? Why do you think that is? Why, like, for example, with the climate change demonstrations over the last week mm. in central London here, mm. the... Um, a lot of the people were knocking the demonstrators for being ostensibly middle class. Like sort of saying, oh, it's all right for you. You don't have jobs that you have to go to. So uh-huh. you can fanny around with your pink boat. Mm. But yeah. I, I just thought that's a weird thing. Like, why are they being demonized? What is it about the middle classes? I mean, I've got some ideas, but I'm interested to hear what yours are. There's like a poverty class now, you know what I mean? So if, if you're in that bracket, I used to be unemployed. And whatever happened in politics didn't affect me. You know, people going, oh, what's happening in the country? You'd be like, oh, I don't, it doesn't affect me at all, whatever happens. So with Brexit now, if you were an employee, for example, or it doesn't matter whether you're talking about the super rich or the middle class. To you, they're the same thing. Because you're just not in the race at all, are you? You know, as an yeah. unemployed person, you're just not part of society. No. So you, you look at the whole thing totally differently. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's why middle class people... It's kind of more to do what you said before, but, you know... Yeah. A lot of the middle classes used to be working classes yeah. and they mm. changed their lives. Yeah. They engaged in social mobility. Yes, they got educated, I think, and found skill sets, didn't they? You know. Yeah. Um, I don't know, when I think of middle class culture, I think of female, male, solo, acoustic artists covering classic songs. Uh, destroying my ears in, in coffee shops or something. Right, right. For what? me, it's not really a class thing, you know. It's just that mass culture thing. It's it's just people mindless drink, drinking coke. That's more. You know, it's got. You can be middle class or working class. If yeah, you're not yeah. conscious about what you're doing, then it's worse if you're working class and you're doing that because you're just feeding this economy that's keeping you poor. You know. Yeah, and that's the thing: is the economy. It's 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 more sort of. A capitalism thing, isn't it? I've heard you, Jason, talking about the idea of a lot of music becoming gentrified. Yeah. And um, but that's a financial imperative to make stuff that is accessible to everyone that doesn't exclude anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a soundtrack for your uh, financial yeah. bracket. It's, yeah. It's you know. polite. Yeah. It's inoffensive because that'll make the most amount of money. Yeah. I mean, there was talk about it like the middle class are taking over the music industry and you're getting a lot of acts that are middle class sort yeah. of band solo artists. But there, there are a lot of working class, I would imagine, especially in the X Factor culture where, you know, a large amount of people applying for these things are from sort of working class backgrounds. Yeah, which is yeah. fine as well. Yeah. You know, they are, it is a middle class spread. They are like a big majority of the people if you like probably have more equipment at home to make music with. i'm just defensive because i've got a very middle class podcast 
<laughs> right, okay, okay. I mean, what is it anymore, though? You know, I think well, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of being comfortable, isn't it? It's not, mm. it, it's, not, having, it's to not having to worry. Yeah, yeah. It's like, leave me alone, let me just get on with my nice little life. I'm mm. not going to engage anymore with things that matter. But you yeah. see, I feel as if the climate change protests give the lie to that. A lot of middle-class people are... They, yeah. they worry all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah sure, about, sure. About all yeah. that stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? They are engaged with these things. There's a shift in like rap music, grime, drill, whatever, you know, there's been a massive resurgence. And I would say that that would be more of a working class uh, yeah. thing. Definitely. Where's, the, where's the middle class rap? Uh, well, yeah, you know, just, I mean, <laughs> there's a gap in the market. Definitely. It's true, yeah. and, and sort of white guitar bands, they largely get ignored because they're still in the vein of sort of, you know, your 90s Britpop type thing or the kind of more traditional approach to songwriting. You get in the kind of white guitar bands that are, that are focused on now seem to have clearer accents and just seem to be not very interesting. Not that that kind of white working class band uh, like the Sherlock's or something like that are interesting, but yeah. you know they're not as picked up by the media as say I don't know an idol or something like that. Mm. You know what I mean? Who are largely more grafting towards a middle class type thing. Yeah, but that, I think it's kind of important to have those bands as well. You know, sure, because that's the, like so that's the working world. That's the people having kids. Yeah. And there should be a soundtrack. You know, I'm an 80s kid. I had a great time growing up. Yeah, what were you listening to? Everything, you know. How how old are you? I'm 47. Okay, so you're a tiny bit younger than me. But yeah, I was listening to... uh, It was really fun. Are you the same sort of age, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm 70, yeah. Not 70. (laughs) You look great. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it was great growing up in the 80s because you had such a strange diversity of music in the mm. charts you know there was yeah. like really good soul and yeah. and dance music Heavy emerging metal, yeah you know and, and weird sort of experimental music yeah. and yeah. odd pop mm. that you just thought where the hell is that coming yeah. from like bands yeah. like landscape do you remember landscape yeah, yeah, yeah. einstein ago flying lizards flying lizards yeah well everyone wanted to be more decadent and elegant didn't they in mm. the 80s you know so even if you were poor you, you didn't want to show that you were poor you wanted to Make a video that looked kind of like... Mm. Yeah, exactly. It was aspirational, you know, wasn't it? It was, it, it, for, it was yeah. like, that's what you were getting from Spandau Ballet and stuff. Mm. And what were you listening to in those days, Jason? Just straight mod stuff, really. Yeah. Jam, Motown, and Psychabilly. Um, what sort of bands? Meteors, Chiefly, right. King Kurt, Guana Bats. Tall Boys, which were an offshoot from the Meteors and Nigel Lewis. Stuff like that. Uh, I didn't stray from that, really. Was that a good scene? I think it was peer group pressure initially, and then it became quite passionate about it. Right. And was it kind of all-encompassing? Like, did you... It was, yeah, because everybody else is doing that. You just wore Fred Perry, smoked Benson and Hedges. You wore bowling shoes, and you wore tapered trousers, and you wore those out of school and in school, you know. And white socks. <laughs> and then what were you doing of an evening? Uh, well, you wouldn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't start drinking until I was 16. So Just hanging around, hanging around yeah. war memorials, isn't it? Yeah, you or know, hanging that's around, That's all yeah. you used to do. You Are you both put... Nottingham um, guys? I'm well, from Grantham. He's from Grantham. I'm oh, from okay. a village near Lincoln. But we <clears> both moved to Nottingham at a similar time, but didn't meet for like 20 years. Right. Because we were kind of living in different scenes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And then 
when did you graduate from that psychobilly scene into something different? And um, oh, when I left school, I worked in a factory for a year and got into hip-hop. Uh, obviously, Def Jam had come along. I got massively into that. I discovered James Brown uh, and started listening to anything that was coming from the Def Jam label, really. Then after a year of factory work, thought, fuck this, no. What sort of factory was it? It was a fresh foods factory that was supplying ready-made meals for M&S. And it, I worked in the butchery bit. So, um, yeah, you know, I did that on and off. Right up until, you know, 2008, nine. What were you up to at that time, Andrew? I was just thinking this, when the Smiths came along, I only listened to the Smiths for years, you know, they kind of ruined my life. I was a massive Smiths fan and you don't listen to anything else because you're just obsessed with that band. Yeah, what was it about them? Uh, I don't know, I guess I related to it, you know, coming from Lincolnshire and feeling detached from the world... Yeah, I had a horseshoe quiff. I had like it all shaved around there and at the middle. And um, people used to throw pennies at us. Me and my mate had a hair like that. <laughs> You'd be sitting there like one pea, like bouncing off your pint glass. Why were they throwing pennies at you? Because I think it was like a coconut shy joke. Oh, okay. Your hair looked like a coconut shy. <laughs> you know I, mean? I got you. Uh, I got you a gift. Now feel free oh. to leave these gifts behind if you don't want them <laughs> I won't be oh, upset because sometimes you get gifts and you're like oh Christ now I've got to carry that around <laughs> uh, I got, got you a stylophone oh, wow. analog awesome. synthesizer that is fantastic so you don't have one of these no, already I do you? Don't, no. what sort of stuff do you use then um, uh, Andrew to, to build all up the sorts. tracks um, I used to just use Acid this program called Acid uh-huh. just like a multi-tracker um, but then, like, you know, when the iPad 2 came out, I went oh, yeah. mad on that because it's just amazing for synths. And when you've got no money, 2 99 for a Moog. It's like... Right. <laughs> like, Are those bass sounds, that's... So- yeah, I've got a bass cab at home, so I play stuff, you know. But I just use anything like... Is a, that, so that's you actually playing the bass, is it? Yeah, I'm on most... Well, it depends which track it is. Right, Some yeah. of them are, like, produced by chopping up. Wavs, but yeah, a lot of them are just bass lines, yeah. Wow. I've switched it on. So it's so rather than the old stylophone, yeah. this one produces, it's a bit more like a little weird mini Moog thing. Wow. So you can really screw around with the sounds. And you've got some various <laughs> buttons on the side there. Okay. You other options as well. Wow, well, thank you. I'm definitely right on track with this. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll put that down now. But it made me laugh. I just, I just I thought... Awesome, oh, that, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, turn, it, sure. turn it off. Sure. I'll annoy everyone on the train on the way home. Oh, right big there. time. It made me think of you guys, um, those sort of minimal, strange, yeah. slightly harsh sounds. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, um, yeah. And so, then how does it work? Like, you will put a piece of music together and sort of just say, okay, this is two minutes, 30... Yeah. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. And are you thinking about where Jason's going to sing, or are you just... Just the vibe, really. Right. I'm pretty sure that it's something that he'll like. And so you get an MP3 or something, do you, or what? Yeah, we've got yeah. a little folder yeah. on DB called yeah. Ideas. He just lobs them in there, and then I'll just keep going to them. 
I'll make an initial idea out of it straight away almost <clears throat> and then I'll keep thinking about it and they'll be running around my head then I'll go back and I'll record an idea over the top of it and then I'll just keep modifying it until I feel it's it's good enough and then we take it to the studio and then um, Andrew has the final say really well it's just yeah it's just done really quickly once we go into the studio I wanted to ask you a bit about some specific tracks. Are you okay talking about the story of some of the songs? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so Kebab Spider, which I mentioned mm. earlier on. I really like that video yeah. with the old guys jumping around because I'm one of those old guys. <laughs> um, but a lot of people I've noticed think that you are saying, at one point, I think the lyric is, Who knew? Who knew, yeah. But in your accent, it sounds like you're taking the piss oh, out no. of someone saying, oh, no, yeah, yeah, in a yeah, voice. Yeah, 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 sure. Which is weird, isn't it? Well, it's not. It's just British dialects. For mm. Some people, the dialect. Yeah. It changes, doesn't it? So. You're just saying it all to look good. You're just saying it all to look good. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's quite a nice little accident, though, in a way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do say who like that or who like that. It just depends on whether you can be asked to pronounce it properly. It's a bit, it's a bit Nottingham, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? You know, you would <laughs> normally say it like that because it's easier. And I, I just didn't think people would even think about it, but it became a thing, didn't mm. it? It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Because in their minds, you can see that they're already putting their expectations of what you do onto even something as tiny as that. As tiny like as that, yeah. You, you mm. sort of taking it's the bizarre. piss out of posh people. Absolutely incredible. Really. Who knew? I think it but be... it is funny, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other one was uh, is when you say that thing about, I don't want to go near it. I don't want to go near it. Live I, oh, yeah. On, top it up. Top it up. Take me away from it. Take me away from it. I don't want to get near it. Take me away from it. Everyone thought it was a don't want a canary. Take me away from it. I don't want to go near it. Is that Sam? I don't want to go near it. I don't want a canary. And then someone on Twitter was actually saying, it's I don't want to go near it, not I don't want a canary. (laughs) So there's more people out there that. I don't want a canary. <laughs> and that's great, isn't it? Because yeah, like my grand used to have a budgie, you know. Did yours like in the cage? <laughs> there was a big thing, wasn't it? Yeah, in the it 70s? was. It was yeah. a big thing. Yeah, you'd right? go into older people's houses and you just hear. Just like <laughs> yeah, everyone said it was like some kind of tropical concrete hellhole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make it up again. That's an accent thing. Yeah. That's from Key Markets. Yeah. I'm going to do the middle-class reading of, of your lyrics. Riding motorbikes from the 50s, you live in Carlton, you twat. You're not snake-fucking-pliskin. You're shit. You look like Rocket from the Crypt. Um, so who are you thinking about with those, with those lines? Is that just sort of local bands? It was a local band. It was having a pop Biker yeah. bands. Who was it's just it? not... I can't remember what they were called now, but they were just totally, they'd missed it. (laughs) They'd customised themselves up with this look that it had been and gone. That old Mm. Rocket from the Crypt, you know. That was retro when Rocket from the Crypt did it. Yeah. 
Every now uh, and yeah. again, it sort of comes back round, doesn't it? Yeah. Like Black yeah. Rebel Motorcycle yeah. Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you know, uh, who else? John Spencer. Mm. It's a perennial rock look. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's very theatrical, though. As soon as you see a band come out like that, you do sort of think... That, that was the thing with Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. I was like, don't act like we're going to take you seriously. Look at yeah, you. You're sure. dressed up in the costume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we played a gig with them. Their uh, roadies were lining up all their instruments. You remember? Yeah, yeah. And I said to one of them, "How many guitars has he got, then, mate?" He just didn't even answer me. I thought you're fucking asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then they did that thing where they went on some awards show and got all monosyllabic. Do you remember that? Oh no! What happened there? It was the NME Awards or something like that? But they, they either they were giving away an award or accepting one. But they did that thing of turning up and feeling like they were too cool for it. Oh, yeah. God. So they couldn't, they had to just sort of be weird. Oh. And uh, in those situations, you just think, well, don't go to the awards. Just don't ceremony. go. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. no style with it. I can remember seeing the awards once and uh, Dave Stewart received an award via video from home and he had a stack of keyboards next to his pool and like a silk <laughs> uh, dressing gown on, you know, getting the award. I mean, that's style. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. He didn't turn up, but then, you know, he still dissed yeah. the award and took the award yeah. and said thank you as well. Yeah. You know, brilliant. <laughs> well, the performance on Later with Jules was the thing that a lot of people saw that they hadn't seen you guys before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I certainly saw that and I showed it to a few people. And it was like, no disrespect to the mighty Later with Jules, but it, I'd sort of stopped being surprised yes. by a lot of the bands on a lot of great bands on there yeah. you know what I mean but very seldom did, did you watch it and think fuck it out yeah sure you know? sure and then you guys showed up and it was just great was that fun doing, doing yeah it was yeah it, it was, was quite nerve wracking it was yeah it did feel like that it did feel like it was a big exposure yeah it was just being in that room I can remember before the second track Jules was doing a track with some guy at the piano I can't what band it was but they were doing it and I was just stood there doing that. And I looked across the room and Labby Sifre's like laughing at me. And <laughs> Andrew like, is doing the head wobbled side to side <laughs> dance. You know that thing when you do that? <laughs> your head leads and then your body follows. Yeah, what is that movie? It's, it's I don't know, it's good sort of... Uh, it's like a breakdance. Yeah, yeah. breakdance move, isn't it? From yeah, the no, robot weird. days. And he was like crying with laughter at what I was doing. I was like, oh my God. He'd Labby Sifre laugh. That's I didn't nice. get such a positive reaction from Bert Baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this chair sat there and I looked around, it's Bert Baccarat with a pint. Like, uh, I was like, fucking hell. I went, all right, mate. He went, just nodded and <laughs> looked at nod. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that, and that was after you performed, was it? It was, yeah. You blew Bert's mind. It was crazy. I was thinking, Jesus Christ, mm. all that history. Yeah, yeah. It was like... I guess praying against the Great Wall, isn't it? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> all that history there, all the just touching it, like yeah, fucking hell. Mm. It was great, and the thing as well that was—I uh, mean, there were so many memorable things about that performance and seeing you for the first time. But I guess the intensity of your performance, Jason, with your ticks, yeah, you're sort of slapping your head, yeah, which I suppose again that, that that's sort of in the tradition of of someone like um, Ian Curtis, yeah, that really yeah. intense kind of performance where it feels as if you're channeling something else, or mm. yeah. well, it was to remember the words. That's how it developed. 
and for some reason it helped me breathe. Before I learned how to breathe properly with my stomach, it was almost like you were kicking your body into touch every time you felt like you were like... Uh, but it would also help to remember the words. It was like a, a comfort thing. It was quite a different way of doing a vocal, I suppose, back in the early days, of, you know, because I wanted to rap and it wasn't exactly rap. It came out the way it did, but we realised that it was very good. And it was like fresh ground for both of us, wasn't mm. it? It's just, you know, it's, yeah. you do that, I'll do this. And, and was there a discussion, Andrew, about what you were going to do? Like in the early days, where you just no. did, did you say like, "Oh, I should pretend that I'm doing something on no, that"? No, I, I, when the CD was out, Wank he was playing in gigs in Nottingham. I wasn't there, and he asked me to to stand there, you know, with him. So it kind of developed, didn't yeah. it? You know, it just sort of naturally sort of evolved into what it is. You know, I mean, yeah. you get people saying now, "What have you ever thought about having a guitar or having an instrument?" It's like, no. Why am I going to ruin it? You know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need it. Especially as you suspect that half the time when you're watching DJs doing a performance, they're not doing anything. No, no, oh, they're just no, pretending. No. I've done that when I, mm. I used to DJ sometimes, and I'd, I'd make all the mixes before on yeah. Pro Tools, yeah, and then I'd burn a CD. And sometimes I was even having a conversation with someone at the decks, and I'd just say, "Hang on a second, I just going to do a segue," <laughs> because I knew that there, there was one coming up, and I'd pretend I was like, "Yeah, okay, here we go." I was, I was smooth. Okay, yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? I think yeah, surely I mean, a lot of people do that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's great that you just stood there nodding away. Well, I, think, I think a lot of electronic artists like, appreciate that attitude because of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, people faking it and because I'm outing the fact that I'm not even pretending. Yeah. Sort of a, a derogatory glance at technology. Yeah. You know. Great. Video phones are up there as one of the worst inventions ever. I don't do bestiality, babe. Put it away and go get me another Stella, please. We finish up around six o'clock, but there's still lots to do. I know the chisel's coming, so I volunteer to finish it off. All right, mate, there's your thing. You all are on your own. I've got to chip off. No problem. I've got four bags of smoke, a demo to listen to, a bit of that. Do what you want, man. Yeah, you fuck off. Some more lyrics for you. Some of these plants are burnt. I might need to have a number two on your loo, if that's all right, sister. I think that was a little more information than she needed, but I'm too pissed, and this is hardly a formal setting. (laughs) What's going on in some of these plants are burnt? Well, I I agreed to go and help my mate cut weed. Cut it? Yeah, cut... uh, Oh, off the plants? Off the plants. Uh And so it... I think I owed him money for some cocaine, and plus he promised me a free wrap, a gram of cocaine, if I did it. All oh, right, okay, not, and a, not a hoisting duck wrap. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from Pret. Yeah, um, <laughs> which are nice actually. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I didn't have any money at all. I'd blow it all on drugs at the start of the month. So the rest of the month was just work. And then I'd stay in at the weekend. If I got lucky, if I managed to scrounge a tenner off someone. What is this, in your 20s? Uh, 30s. Right, OK. Uh, early to mid-30s. Uh, you know, I could go out on a Saturday or a Sunday, you know. And this also offered the chance of being at a couple of three tinners as well. So, so I did it. And um, we got to this woman's house. And he was in partnership with this woman with weed. And so we were cutting it. And, um, yeah, and that's what it was, just that. It was quite a banal experience, really. But at the same time, I mean, she was showing this video of this, 
this woman having sex with a horse and, and kept showing me and it was like and then a dad came at one point so we had to hide in a bedroom and me and my mate sat on a bed with these marigolds on and it was quite surreal. And wow, that's a kind of weird northern yeah, breaking bad. Yes, yeah. And then, you know, I did go for a poo in a toilet uh, and I didn't feel that guilty about it. This is a human race. You keep and your disgrace. Chopped heads on London streets. All you zombies, tweet, tweet, tweet. Tweet, 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 divide and exit, 2014. Again, good Fun Boy 3 style chanting on there. Ah, mm. yeah. Like the lunatics have taken yes. over the asylum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you were thinking? It, or? Was, it, was, it wasn't the idea, but when we did it, I did it think It sounded that, like it, yeah. Which we were like, oh, it's fine, you know. It's great. I was listening to more specials a lot at the time, I uh-huh. think. And uh, I think that's where it came from. I don't know why. But it did sound like Fun Boy Free rather than the specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a good sound. Yeah. And then is that thematically connected with sticking a five and go, would you say? The Twitter thing, the social media thing, or is that. Yeah, yeah, I would. I suppose you could say that, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it, it wasn't a conscious, you know. I, I think just that you live your life on your phone, I do anyway. Yeah. You know, I was looking at ordering an even bigger one today, and I'm just like... You're not going to get one of the folding ones that they had to withdraw because they broke. Really? Yeah. What, Apple? No, it was... I think it was a Samsung, wasn't it? Or something like that that, that, that's foldable. Okay. So it's sort of... It's just a phone size, but it's double thickness. Oh, okay. And you can just unfold it, and then there's a screen that's... Yeah, that connects, yeah. ...in the middle that's double... why is that good? No. <laughs> had to retract them all. Yeah, but then everyone mocked the iPad as being pointless when it came out, and suddenly everyone's like, oh, actually, this is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got one, and you, you use it, and I think I might get one of them, because he's using that. It looks really interesting. <laughs> but yeah. I, don't, I don't know. He's a lot more technical, Andrew. Yeah. He likes his gadgets and stuff. Do you spend a lot of time on social media, though, Jason? Tons, yeah. I'm just on it all the time. In fact, I've started re- noticing that do you, well, you're not on Facebook anymore, are you? No. But I'm, I spend more time on Facebook than do anything else, and I hate it. I hate Facebook. I never post on it, but I'm constantly going like that. Well, that's awful if you don't post on it, and you have to use it. It's not right. Is Where it? Are you, what are you doing? You're reading other people's... Well, I'm just hating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just hating. Especially today, it's St. George's Day, isn't it? God. Oh, Jesus I mean. Christ. So are you, are you um, interacting, though? Are you downvoting stuff or, or, or giving thumbs up? or Disliking. I'm not. Occasionally I might like some of it. You're just reading stuff and getting just wound up. getting wound up. <laughs> <laughs> but I do Twitter and I do Instagram. I find them quite direct. You know, yeah. if I go on there, I'm like, okay, I'm done now. But that's why I got rid of Facebook, because it's just like... Twitter's horrible as well. You could be on there forever. Yeah. Well, Twitter as well is kind it's of just grim, horrible but. you've either got someone going we're going to die we're all <laughs> going to die or someone going wow the conservatives and then bullet points about how many people they've killed and blah 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 um, but sticking a five and go is, is this <clears throat> amazing sort of fantasy that you have about <laughs> yes yes of course you know because when you're in, in, having a troll when someone's trolling you yeah. and you're you're not going back but then you go back and then they come back with some of uh, 
the only thing that comes springs to mind is kicking the shit out of him. You know? <laughs> it is the only thing that's going to... I will win if I kick the shit out of this person. <laughs> if I hit him, I will win. Even if he hits me and I fall down and he wins... It's hurt him more because I've shocked him that I've turned up to his ass and punched him. <laughs> yeah. I've turned it into a yeah, real world yeah, confrontation. Yeah. Even if he's harder than me, it mm. will have shocked him that I've yeah. turned up to his house. Because that is part of the indignation, <clears throat> isn't it? That's the thing that eats away at you, is the gutlessness of it mm. when, when people just blast something at you. Yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. how little thought it's taken on their part and, yes. and how, um, how they would never do it in real life most yeah. of the time. That's no, like, yeah, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't dare do it. Even the people that are quite handy wouldn't do it. You just wouldn't do it because it's not normal human behaviour, is it? To go up to someone and go, right, right. Yeah. You just wouldn't do it. No. I mean, I've trolled loads of people, but since we got big... I stopped doing it because yeah. <laughs> I thought, right, this isn't very nice. A lot of the time, the, the, some of the negativity and the annoying stuff you see on social media is people trying it out. Like, they probably won't do that their whole lives. Mm. They'll probably have that same epiphany yeah. that you did. Yeah, And think, actually, fuck that. Yeah. It's there forever. People are going to use it against people, aren't they? But it's already happening. You're yeah. already seeing careers damaged and destroyed yeah. by things that people have said yeah, sure. 10 years ago when they were just pissed and they were yeah, 12. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> they could even ban trolling, couldn't they, as well? They could turn that into like some well, kind of abuse yeah. law yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing, you know. At the end of the day, people just have to get the message that they have to be sort of more respectful to each other and yes. more thoughtful, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. There's a book called Surveillance Capitalism. Um, have you heard of that? No. It's less about that whole world of uh, people getting in arguments and stuff and more about the ways that especially Google and Facebook harvest your data yeah. in order to sell you things, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And they're getting more and more sophisticated at, at actually being able to build up a profile of you and your behavior and what you're into mm. so that they can predict what you might be into and they can target advertising much more precisely. Which I fully welcome because I'm there every day going, oh man, I can't believe that nice jacket's popped up <laughs> on my feet. I really like that. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Fuck, I love that. And I know full well what they're doing, you know. The thing is, that that's actually fine, but what happens with also with the data, isn't it? It gets, it gets sold as, like, package data. You know, they take all yeah. the data and yeah. then they sell it to another company. Who's and also there are so many stuff, potential so. negative consequences for them having access to that kind of personal yeah. data. Don't you feel like you think differently in the social media age? Your, your yeah. thoughts are different yes. after interactions that you've had with people online? There's, and, the, yeah. there's the urge to constantly act woke, isn't there? And, and right. all caring, all philosophical, all open to yeah. a more positive perception, which is starting to annoy me a bit, you know? Yeah, it's, because it's just not like that in the real world. I, don't, I think I know what you mean. It's our generation thing, though. I think lots of younger people are a lot more positive. You know, yeah. as an yeah. online experience, they probably spend more time looking at positive things that have been happening. Right, and they're more in, and they're engaging with ideas and movements that needed to be engaged with. Yeah, and yeah. it's weird for us, our the people our age, with that jaded. We're old, having to make yeah. the transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And it's sometimes it's annoying. It <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's worth making, probably. It is. It's true. You know, why spend all the time looking at horrible stuff online when you could be looking at 
you know, all the great achievements people have been making every day of stuff. You know, no one looks at that stuff. I don't look at that stuff. So. No, exactly. Epic <laughs> fail videos are more fun than yeah, sure. epic wins. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, are you guys up for doing a song or two? Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Now, in this kind of situation, we're sat alone in this little venue in the middle okay. of King's Cross. It's just me and you guys sat there opposite me. Is it weird doing this kind of thing? No. Okay, good. A little bit. Just a little guy with a baseball cap grinning at you. Yeah. <laughs> That's me, not... Sorry, in private view. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the screen gets a window and makes it bright While I take out all the rubbish on who I don't like There's nothing in here, I'm just ignoring my kids Spitting at some idiot I don't know from Leeds He told me I was gonna get smacked for the rest of the day I just thought Baba, should I get in the car and drive up there Take my chances and get his address Stick in a five and go Stick in a five and go Stick in a five and go Stick in a five and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stick in a five and go. Stick in a five and go. Stick in a five and go. Stick in a five and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got a tip from a random and where I should go. It was highly unusual, but I was feeling, you know, I couldn't sleep at night with thoughts of pulling his tail. So I bought a uniform from Royal Mail. I know it sounds weird and it's not okay, but I got a good mate at the DVLA. So I threw him some cash and I got a postcode and a door number and a fucking road. Stick in a five and go. 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 Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stick in a five and go. 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. Hello? Hello, is that Mr. Twitter? I mean, Mr. Trees? Yo, sir. Mr. Postman, I've got a big package for you. You need to sign for it, Mr. Trees. It's massive. So can you come outside? You need to sign for it, mate. What's in it? I'm not sure. I think it's an England address. So can you come outside? I don't know. You need to sign for it, mate. 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 Die, you fucker. Five and go. Oh, stick in a five.
advert for Squarespace. Every time I visit your website, I see success. Yes, success. The way that you look at the world makes the world want to say yes. It looks very professional. I love browsing your videos and pics and I don't want to stop. 
And I'd like to access your members area And spend in your shop These are the kinds of comments people will say about your website If you build it with Squarespace Just visit squarespace.com slash Buxton for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, because you will want to launch, use the offer code BUXTON to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So put the smile of success on your face with Squarespace. Yes. Continue. Rosie, come on, let's head back. Fly past from the HB. Hey, welcome back, podcats. That was Jason Williamson and Andrew Fern from Sleaford Mods talking to me there back in April 2019. Very grateful indeed to them for making the time to talk to me. It was a thrill to meet them and an amazing and memorable experience for me to be sat alone in a room watching them on the stage performing. I took a couple of crappy pictures on my phone and I will put them underneath the description of the podcast on my website adam-buxton.co.uk If you go to the podcasts section of the website you will find all the episodes there and uh with all the descriptions and the links, etc., for each episode. And gradually, because this is a relatively new version of my website, I'm, I'm sort of getting to grips with it, and I hope that I might be a little bit better in future at, uh, you know, fleshing out those descriptions with a few more bits and pieces and photographs and that kind of thing. But there's links there, as I said in the introduction to... A couple of documentaries about Sleaford Mods. Bunch of Kunst, directed by Christine France. That's really good. I would recommend that one. And Invisible Britain, a documentary from 2015 that I haven't actually seen. Looks good. I'm planning to watch it. That's on Vimeo. And what else there is... Oh yeah, the interview with Patrick Wagner of the German band Gewalt that I mentioned at the beginning of my conversation with Andrew and Jason. There's also that video of Johnny Rotten and Marky Ramone and uh, Henry Rollins and all these confused-looking punks from 2019. Also on my website, apart from amazing bonus episodes of the podcast and bits of bonus audio and uh, a lot of my favorite YouTube videos that I've made over the years and a lot of sponsored jingles and things like that that I like. You will also find details of upcoming shows. I'm still supposed to be going on tour, reading from my book and reading other bits and pieces in the spring next year and those tour dates as they stand are up there's still a few tickets left for some of those shows 
Um, I also have, yeah, I also have this live podcast coming up in the next couple of weeks with Susie Ruffle, comedian Susie Ruffle. I'm talking to her as part of the Unmute Podcast Festival on the 21st of October 2020 at 9pm. Looking forward to that. Hope you can join us. And of course, on the website, you will find a link to the merch store where you can buy a variety of Adam Buxton podcast t-shirts and mugs and posters variously designed by Helen Green, who does the podcast artwork, and Luke Drozd. They're very beautiful. What else? I don't know. My hands are freezing. It changes so quickly, doesn't it? If I, one minute it's nice, and the next minute it's not so nice. But it's still quite nice. Look at the look at the beautiful clouds, the colours as the sun starts to set out here in East Angular. Some of the clouds look bruised. We know how they feel, don't we, listeners? Hey, look, that's it for this week. Thanks very much indeed to Seamus Murphy-Mitchell for production support, to Annika Meissen for conversation editing, to Helen Green for her podcast artwork, to Acast for their continued hard work and support with this podcast. Thanks most of all, though, to you, podcats. You're nice. You're the best. We're friends. Let's have a safe hug. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I know I'm a little bit rainy, but... You think we need to have a hug, don't you? I'm going to do it. That's my hugging voice. All right, listen, take care. And you may not believe this, but it's true. I love you. Bye!